Real quick, friends, before we dive into today's episode, I've got a special invitation for you to join me live and in person for my upcoming masterclass, Your Three-Step Visibility Engine. In this class, I'm giving you the juicy secrets to my playbook on showing up in front of a bigger audience and how you can create your playbook to use on rinse and repeat. Grab your seat at podcaster.com forward slash masterclass. See you there. My name is Joanne Bolt, and I am intent on helping women stop playing small in their businesses, get out of the messy middle, and into profitability. I'm a Southern mama with a snarky attitude who built a $56 million real estate empire just to prove I could, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure immersive coaching business, all while sipping coffee in my fuzzy slippers. Together, we'll uncover the tried and true tactics to building a business you love while giving you the real deal on how to make them work for you so that you can get out of your way and into action. Is it all rainbows and unicorns? <laughs> no way. So put your big girl panties on and get ready because we'll dive into it all from failures to success to money and emotions and everything in between. Think of this as your girlfriend's guide to business. Grab your coffee or pour yourself a punch bowl of wine because this is the B Word Podcast. Customer experience means the way someone feels when they do business with your brand or when they think about your brand. I'll give you a fun example. Back in the days when I was a consultant for Accenture, we traveled to Louisville, Kentucky every single week for about six months straight. Now, Accenture has a partnership with Marriott, and so we always stayed at Marriott hotels. And here's the thing. Marriott at the time had an affiliation with Pepsi. If you have listened to me for a hot second, you know, I'm not a Pepsi drinker. I'm a big fan of the red can. Coca-Cola is my jam. And what I would do every single week when I got off the plane is I would get my rental car. I would run by a 7-Eleven gas station. I'd pick up a six pack of Coca-Cola because I wasn't a huge coffee drinker at the time. I like to get my morning caffeine shot with a good cold Coke. And so when I checked into the hotel week after week after week, I would be standing there with my little suitcase, my purse, and yes, a six pack of Coca-Cola, which I would then take and put in the mini fridge. Here's where customer experience really took over. The same guy at the front desk tended to check me in. I always came in on Sunday nights. That's when his shift was. And about a month and a half into that project, I started realizing that when I got to my room, there was already a six pack of Coke in my fridge. Now, if you worked at Marriott, it was probably a no-no to go ahead and replace the Pepsis with the Coke. And he wasn't trying to hit on me. I can promise you that. He understood that it meant more to me to have a cold Coke in the morning than to come down to the breakfast room, get a cup of coffee and have my breakfast at Marriott. That created an experience for me that to this day, 20 some odd years later, I am still a Marriott fan. They may not still do that level of service for me because I don't travel as often as I did, but their employees were so tuned in to making sure that we loved everything about our experience at that hotel that they paid attention to the small details. That is a customer experience. 
Customer experience is the things that you may not write down for people in your organization to do. It's not something that you're saying, hey, let me teach everyone who works in my organization to follow this process. But it is the things we do that evoke strong emotions and feelings in our customers toward our brand. If you're a solopreneur, don't stress out here. You don't have to have someone working for you to create a great customer experience role yet. You can start out by having people on your surrounding team, regardless if they work for you or not, people like the loan officer that you refer out or the transaction coordination company like Hello Leverage that you send your contracts to after you go binding. These people are truly invested in making your customers feel better when they do business with your brand and taking care of them in a way that makes them say, I would never dream of coming anywhere but this place and working with this person. We're living in an economy where experience matters to people more than ever. Do you want to never have to fight for the value of your commission again? You want to recession proof your biz? Well, listen up. If you aren't taking this process seriously, then my friends, you're going to run out of revenue. Why is this? Because in an industry that's oversaturated with options, I like to say you can toss a rock and hit a realtor in the head and it might bounce off that realtor and hit another one on the shoulder or same with loan officers, it's the experience that provides the best one that creates raving fans. You can call them referral partners, VIP clients, brand ambassadors. I don't really care what you call them, honey, but they're raving fans. And raving fans create a buzz and momentum around your business that makes the conversion of the next process a hundred times easier. And to be frank, cheaper too. We all need that in this economy, especially. Consider this. My friend Ken owns a flooring company. If a client asked me as their real estate agent who I would recommend to redo their hardwood floors, I can tell them the same thing in one of two ways. The first is I can tell them, hey, you should use Ken Nelson. My past clients have had great experiences with his flooring company. The floors always look great when they're laid down. Or the second way I can refer him to my clients is to tell them, I personally have used Ken's flooring company and I love my hardwoods. The coloring turned out great. I've been happy with the way they've held up and I liked it so much that I had him pour a specialized concrete flooring for my wine cellar and it has become a talking point when people come to my home. This is a very true story, by the way. Think about both of these options and tell me which one is a more powerful testimonial and is more likely to convert a new client for Ken. It's the second one, hands down. I am, in essence, a super fan of Ken's flooring business because I had a great experience. I'm not being paid to send people his way. I'm not getting anything in return. And I am willing to send more people to him, even at the risk that their experience won't go like mine did and they are disappointed. But I know they won't be. And so I do send people to Ken. Now, because I'm a raving fan, Ken has a new client that he didn't have to advertise for, which is how he creates a sustainable business. Back the bus up a minute though. It is amazing to me how much time, energy, and money are often spent on the customer experience once someone actually becomes a customer without honing in on the process from beginning to end. The real beginning of the customer experience with your brand starts when the potential client goes to learn about you before they ever decide to give you a call, before they've begun to know, like, and trust you in their business. Nope. That doesn't mean your social media has to be your main focus if it's not your jam, but yeah, you do need to consider that the potential customer will most likely 
Go to their favorite social media platform to see what you post. What are your reels and videos look and feel like? What kind of rants are you making on Twitter? Or if they're checking out customer reviews on sites like Zillow.com or Google, how you show up there impacts the decision to get in contact with you in order to utilize your product or service. There is so much money left on the table when you ignore this. It's highly likely that you ignore it because it's impossible to quantify. Imagine having a metric that says, hey, a thousand people watched all 50 of your reels yesterday and you received one call directly from that. It doesn't happen, folks. If you're rocking the social media platform of your choice, then kudos to you. If your sales are stagnant though, and you've been utilizing social media faithfully for a year or more, I do encourage you to take a hard look at the content you're producing. What is it saying to your prospect? Are they consuming it for fun because you're doing silly dances or are they doing it for learning measures? FYI, it's okay to do the silly dances if that's your brand and you want them to see you in that way. Totally cool. It's really no different also from bland and boring email content. I'm going to talk about the email yet again. What does the content your email say about you and your brand? Oftentimes we tend to use these old canned campaigns because it's the easy button versus if you were more rooted in every step of the customer journey and you wrote your campaigns with the customer at the top of your mind, then your emails will be open more often. Your engagement would increase and customer retention and referrals would also increase. Canned responses make people feel like you've forgotten their person and it repels them, which is not what we want to do especially at the end of our customer experience. We need that follow-up email sequence to be just as good as the emails we're sending them during the process. And if you are in the real estate ecosystem and listening to this, I've actually got 25 subject lines directly related to the post-closing email sequence you can have totally for free. Just go to www.realbosswomen.com forward slash post-close. I'll stick a link in the show notes to it. That being said, your brand and the customer experience are closer together now than they have ever been. Your brand isn't a house. It is not what company you're hanging your license with. If you're a loan officer, it's not the mortgage company you're with. It's what your customers say about you, what they feel like when they work with you and what emotions are evoked when they see your logo or name show up somewhere. Experience is everything, and every touch point and interaction is the experience your customers have. Let me give you another fun analogy for this. If you go to a restaurant and you order a steak medium rare, you may have an idea in your mind of what medium rare is, and it may not actually match what that restaurant thinks medium rare is. I always try to talk to my waiter to see just how pink they think medium rare really is, or if it really goes more on the rare side. What happens is when they send the order back to the kitchen, God forbid that that steak come out well done. A well done steak doesn't look anything like a rare or a medium rare steak. Am I right? I'm right here. When you have to send that steak back, you end up with an emotion that is not a positive experience with that restaurant. You could be hangry and that gives you a really bad emotional experience. And while you know, at the end of it, it was really the kitchen that probably messed up your order. There's always that sneaking suspicion in your head. Did the wait staff mess it up? Did your waiter ring it in as well done or medium rare? How did this get messed up? 
I hope you don't take it out on your white staff in their tip, but I know a lot of you are probably tempted to do so. The thing is your customer experience with that restaurant hinged on what the kitchen staff did, how you talk about the restaurant and how you maybe tip your waiter hinges on how your wait staff reacts to that really bad steak. It all flows together into that overall experience from beginning to end. And whether you recommend that restaurant or not is sitting in the hands of the wait staff or the kitchen. They're really intertwined. They're not separate pieces of your experience. I'm currently reading Brittany Hodak's new book, Creating a Superfan. She has a podcast too, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And while the term superfan has actually been around for over a hundred years, which I didn't even know, she gives a new spin on it. She defines superfan as a customer who creates more customers. Now, ladies, that is not a mind-blowing concept. And I always say that business is so simple, it's hard. Where creating a superfan gets hard is learning how to tweak your current business practices into one that creates such a person. It's never easy to determine just how to ask a customer what their experience was really like. Was there something they didn't love about it? Or was there something that they did love? Or the harder part is to know just when in the process you should ask it, because that does make a difference. And if they give you feedback that's difficult to hear, that's emotionally hard too. But boy, oh boy, it is so critical to your business. Feedback that isn't raving is actually a great time for you to evaluate the process. You should ask yourself the big girl panty questions such as, how did I, or we, if you run a team or office, how did we go wrong here? What could we have done differently to ensure a better outcome? At the end of the day, here is the simple truth. You have to have a customer experience from start to finish that is something to rave about. Have you ever gone online to look at a review for a restaurant or a hotel and read the ones that give mediocre scores? Probably not. That's because people tend to give a review when it's either really good or really bad in their opinion. The Karens of the world don't tell their friends, go shop here, it's just okay. Honey, no. They scream at the top of their lungs when it's bad. On the other end of the spectrum, friends don't sit at a cocktail bar on Friday night and say, oh my gosh, girlfriend, you should use so-and-so for your highlights. They come out decent. None of us want highlights that are just decent. So if the product or service is decent, they don't bother to mention it. When they tell their girlfriends to use a product or service, it's because they have had a amazing experience themselves and they want to help their friends out by sharing the word. So here's my question to you. What are the pain points you're having with your customer service? Have you actually evaluated it in 2023? Do you even have a customer service process? If you've evaluated your systems and processes lately, I'd love to know. I want to know what issues you're having or what success you're having. Drop into my DMs and share them with me on Instagram. I'm at it's Joanne Bolt. And if you pick up Brittany's book, again, I'll link to it in the show notes, then give it a shout out and tag me on Instagram. Hopefully we'll get her here on the pod too, to discuss it further because folks, 2023 is the year of the sphere and doubling down on your customer experience will help it be so for you. It's so simple. It's hard, but it doesn't have to be that way. I'll see you next Thursday. Same time, same place. Bye for now.